So welcome everybody to Subcommittee on Elderly and Housing Affairs. Um, Mr. Clerk, if you could please call the roll and then I will read the meeting notice. Councilor Falco? Present. Councilor Marks? Present. Chairman Bears? Present. All right. Uh, pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12, 2020 order suspending certain provisions of the open meeting law, General, General Law Chapter 38, Section 18, and the governor's March 15th, 2020 order imposing strict limitation on the number of people that may gather in one place. This meeting of the Medford City Council Subcommittee on Elderly and Housing Affairs will be conducted by remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information and the general guidelines for remote participation by members of the public and or parties with the right and or requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the City of Medford website at www.medfordma.org. For this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch the meeting may do so by accessing the meeting link contained herein. No in-person attendance of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure the public can adequately access the proceedings in real time via technological means. In the event that we are unable to do so, despite best efforts, we will post on the City of Medford or Medford Community Media website an audio or video recording, transcript, or other comprehensive record of proceedings as soon as possible after the meeting. To participate outside of Zoom, please email aherdebees at medford-ma.gov. There will be a meeting of the Medford City Council Subcommittee on Elderly and Housing Affairs via Zoom on Wednesday, April 28, 2021 at 6 p.m. The purpose of the meeting is to discuss Council Papers 20-300, 21-053, and other potential actions regarding housing stability. This committee has invited Chief of Staff David Rodriguez, City Solicitor Kim Scanlon, Community Development Director Alicia Hunt, CPA Coordinator Danielle Evans, CPA Chair Roberta Cameron, Community Recovery Coach Alicia Lagambina, and Poverty and Prevention and Outreach Coordinator Penny Funiol to attend. For further information, aids, and accommodations, contact the City Clerk at 781-393-2425. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, for this meeting of the Subcommittee on Elderly and Housing Affairs. Really appreciate you all being here um, today. We're going to talk about uh, two um, of the papers before the council. The first one is local housing stability. So we have a few items in there, uh, getting updates from the housing working group, talking about the emergency rental assistance program, and talking about stabilization services and how we can incorporate some of the emergency housing work the city has done into the permanent social work planning that's being conducted by the health department. And then we'll talk about uh, paper 21-053, which is the housing stability notification ordinance proposal. So let's get started on 20-300 uh, and get up and running with updates from the housing working group. I know Alicia Hunt is unable to join us tonight um, because they are doing a rain barrel distribution and many people signed up to get rain barrels this year. Um, I was wondering perhaps if Danielle or Roberta, you might be able to give an update on what's been going on with the housing working group. If you've been attending those meetings. Gotcha. Thank you, Council Bears. Yes, um, at the last um, housing working group meeting, it was really productive. It was a good um, two hours of just a working session um, going over the housing mailer draft. We had a lot of great input and um, 
we turn those edits around and it has been sent to the printers as of today. And um, I believe, I'm not sure what, how fast they can turn it around. Um, I'm, I'm still waiting to get an update on that. So that should be out to every door in Medford um, soon to get that information out. That is fantastic news. Um, really excited about that. Is there uh, anything else that you'd like to share or any updates on future meetings of the housing working group? Um, I believe another, we, so we haven't scheduled um, the next meeting. Um, I think we were just trying to get this mailer out and then, you know, be able to catch our breaths. But I think one of the next things that we were going to do was um, looking at um, updating the website. Um, we've been working with Jackie Peaks and she has some really great ideas to um, make it more user-friendly, have the content be more um, accessible, understandable. So that the next push will be making sure that when people come to our website, they can find what they need and um, keep it up to date. Because, you know, as we got the mailer out, but you know, a mailer can be outdated quite quickly as things change. So we've um, directing people towards our website. So we really want to get that more robust. Great. Thank you, uh, Danielle. Um, do any of my fellow counselors have any questions about the housing working group? Can't hear you, Councilor Marks. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, does Danielle have a copy of uh, the letter that went out? I haven't seen it. Is that something that she can share? Or um, Yeah, so we had sent out... I um, hopefully you were on that list. We sent it out to. Um, it may have been. I get hundreds I'm sure of emails. You, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. Um, I can. I can send it to this group um, right after. If you could, yeah. be, I just want to take a peek at it. That'd be great. Yeah, it was um, Amanda Centrella, who's done amazing work in our office, was able to turn around the changes. So I think she probably has the latest draft. So I just want to make sure that I don't send out the wrong one, but I can send that out immediately following this meeting. No worries. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Councilor Marks. I saw Councilor Falco. Yes, I just, I just had a quick question. Uh, uh, Danielle, thank you for uh, sending us that, and thank you for your work on that. As far as the uh, housing working group, are they, and I think we touched upon this last time, um, are you going, is, is that group going to be meeting on a monthly basis, or has that been determined yet, or...? Um, so that was one of the the things that we were trying to talk about. It, right now, it's sort of been set up as kind of like an ad hoc kind of, you know, work on things that need to be done. Um, but it would be good to have, you know, a regular scheduled meeting to kind of keep us on task because, you know, if you don't have regular meeting dates, you know, things can slip. So um, I think it, one of the the ideas we could find a time you know, that would work for all these, you know, for everybody. Um, but that that definitely is a goal. Okay. No, no, no. Regular. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I think, uh, I think, you know, you're right. I think that's a, it's a great goal to have, especially with a group that's going to be doing so much work, um, you know, to have that, you know, 
for example, like third Wednesday of the month at 6 p.m., you know, you know, you got to be there at a certain time. And actually, then the general public knows as well that you're meeting and, you know, if they want to come to the meeting or, you know, just uh, find out more about what's going on, it's, uh, they know when to be there. And it's just, you know, it's tough when it's kind of all over the map, but I completely understand the group's new. You're trying to, you know, get everything together. So um, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Councillor Falco. Um, does anyone else on the call have any questions or comments around the housing working group before we move to talking about the rental assistance program? All right, I'm not seeing any. So um, next up was the emergency rental assistance program. Uh, I think we're coming back to you again, Danielle. Um, two of the items we wanted to talk about from previous meetings were um, landlord participation, and also potentially expanding uh, eligibility to people who aren't in arrears. So um, I believe that first item might have come from me around landlord participation. I know there have been some issues um, where sometimes landlords don't want to participate in the program. And I was just wondering, you know, either has have there been any, um, you know, areas or policies implemented to try to address that um, or uh, is there anything we can do to try to expand that and make sure that landlords know that this is a, a good program that can help them and their tenants? So um, on the mailer, we did make sure to have a little note that um, the communication that we've got from the attorney general's office um, is that it's, if a landlord refuses to participate, it could very possibly be a fair housing violation um, there could be certain circumstances where it's not, um, and it's all kind of new territory, but there are situations where maybe it's so much arrears and the assistance might not make up the entire arrears that it might not be considered a violation, but, you know, this would be, you know, going to, um, you know, the, to the courts to, um, or the, the Massachusetts Commission, um, against discrimination, um, but, I wanted to, to put it out there that um, it's not really a voluntary program. It's not something that landlords could just say, nah, I don't want to participate, like similar to Section 8 voucher, um, that it, it could possibly be a violation. So just having that information out there. Um, yeah. So and one piece. And then the, the, the second piece is we did meet with ABCD and we um, clarified some of the, the terms of the rental assistance and not to, not to require there to be arrears, um, you know, based on the understanding that some people may be paying their rent but are behind on everything else. Um, so not being in arrears doesn't necessarily mean that you're not you know, on the precipice. So, they, they've agreed to not have that be um, a barrier to participation. And um, we next, next week at the city council meeting, they will be requesting the balance of the recommended funds that the CPC had recommended. So the remaining 62,500, I believe. And I'm sure um, that that will be spent, you know, probably not, not for too long, yeah. Okay. Th thanks for the update on more updates on that. No, I appreciate the update on the landlord participation. Um, 
And it sounds like you, you're saying that you met with ABCD and there was some expansion of the eligibility to people who aren't in arrears. Um, I know Councillor Marks had brought that up initially, so I want to kind of give the floor to him if, if he wants to talk further about the expanded eligibility um, or ask you any other questions. Looks like a no. I'm good. At, I'm good for now. Okay. Um, I, uh, will ABCD, Daniel, be sending us an update um, on how much funds have been ex expended? Like, will we get a report before next week? Yes. Yeah, so I believe that'll go out in your packets probably. Um, I think maybe get them tomorrow or Friday. Yeah. So this should be, yeah, we had just missed the deadline. So it didn't make it out um, for this, this week's meeting, unfortunately. Um, but um, I guess Roberta, I was on vacation last week. So I believe Roberta submitted that on my behalf. Yeah. Sure. I'll unmute Roberta. <laughs> Thank you. I just wanted to confirm that the um, the update from ABCD was included with the request for the remaining funding on um, in in the um, request that we sent out last week. Great. Thank you, Roberta. Um, do my fellow counselors have any questions about? the emergency rental assistance. Great, well, thank you for the update. Um, next item was, uh, it was a couple things. So um, last meeting, we talked a lot about stabilization services, um, you know, asking uh, if ABCD was uh, helping with other stabilization services. And it seems like the answer was, was yes, that people are being referred to additional services beyond ABCD. Um, and also we discussed a diversion program. So, um, are we, I think this might have been Councillor Marx's question is if we're accepting phone calls and diverting people, are we able to track them? And uh, Alicia Hunt gave the update that, uh, they will follow up. They are following up with, through the office of community development, um, and doing callbacks to make sure referrals are working. And then we got into the discussion of, uh, keeping this emergency housing work going after COVID, um, knowing where families and recipients end up. And once people are getting assistance, um, recognizing that and being able to track that and follow up with folks. So um, one of the questions that came up was, how can we incorporate uh, the social work that's being done by the health department and the housing work that's kind of been happening through a few different groups? Um, and uh, I think that's why we invited um, Alicia and Penny here. Um, so I would be, you know, happy to hear um, from, from you guys, just an update in general on the work that you're doing. We talked a little bit about the Medford Connects and connecting to service providers and nonprofits and schools. Um, but just kind of hear an update of what you're doing and then talk about how we might be able to add some housing work into that as well. So I don't know if you want me to turn that over to you, Penny, or to Alicia. Okay. Hi, I, I am just going to be brief in what I'm going to say because Alicia really holds the knowledge and is doing the work. Um, just to say, I want to remind the council that yes, we meet um, bi-weekly with a group called Medford Connects. It's a lot of our local service providers. It's really talking about how are we communicating out what are the what are the support services and what are the activities that we're trying to do to continue supporting our our residents and, and our community members um, but we hold a 
weekly hub meeting and that's for folks who would be in this situation of having an urgent crisis with their housing other social service needs that hub meeting happens every week on tuesday and those are service providers that are the homeless outreach through elliot it's mystic valley elder services it's dcf it's elliot um has a couple other divisions that come emergency psych services so we have a group that meets on that in that realm um, every week and I want to make sure that it's clear we do have a couple of meeting spaces but I think that when there's a really high elevated risk we would be talking at the hub meeting and when we're talking about planning and process and communicating we're talking probably more at the Medford Connects meeting so I want to make sure that's clear for the group and I know that um, oftentimes somebody might come to us or might be presented to us in uh, for a different primary reason for set getting involved with the Office of Prevention Outreach, um, but then finding out that housing is a, is a co-factor and whatever's going on with them. So I'm going to step back and let Alicia take over because I know she's been doing a lot of work on that this year. Alicia, go ahead. Hi, I have shoddy um, service, so if I you can't hear me or if I freeze, just let me know. Um, so I am Alicia Gavina. I'm the community recovery coach. I'm also a social worker and um, for the Are You Okay program, my role is the at-risk coordinator. Um, so in terms of the Are You Okay program, which is a huge referral source for the individuals I work with, um, we would assess all of their needs, including food and housing was another um, main one medication isolation. Um, and so with housing, um, it, it can be really difficult to navigate services. It's, it's difficult for providers and it's difficult for um, the residents of Medford. So um, from that, we decided that we needed a more comprehensive guide to, um, <clears throat> to housing and homelessness, including eligibility um, and all the information that we know in our end so that when we give people numbers, and they're calling that they're actually eligible for those services to the extent that we know. Um, so we've been working on that. We've been working with the police um, who come in contact with those living with homelessness and giving them a pamphlet so that they have something um, to provide to somebody who's in this situation. Um, and so our, our referrals come from the city, um, the different departments, the police, the multi-lingual, um, resource line and the request for services form. Um, and so we just started a new program to start data tracking all the work that we have. So we don't have any numbers um, just yet, but we will. Um, but it is a, it's a huge amount of residents um, as a result of COVID, but also just residents who um, don't have the means and the fund funding anymore to live in, you know, the rental prices right now. Um, and we also have a lot of individuals who rent rooms and, um, and that can also be an issue. And in terms of um, the, those living with substance use disorder, um, homelessness is a huge barrier to recovery, which is kind of where we got the ball rolling on this. So we do have funds for recovery home scholarships, uh, kind of started our, um, <clears throat> a lot of our work in terms of housing and, and addressing other needs and basic needs in the community. I'm trying to think of anything. Um, so my job is I one-on-one -on -one work with people. Um, I help fill out applications. We, I um, refer out um, and also 
uh, we do a quick assessment of, uh, of their overall needs. So if someone um, isn't able to uh, participate in a rental assistance, how can they supplement other incomes? Maybe it's by going to the food, uh, the Mystic Community Food Market. Maybe it's from signing up for a utility assistance and, and trying to help people manage the best way that they can right now. Um, so that's a little bit about the one-on-one work, one -on -one work that we do. Thanks, Alicia. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's really helpful, both Penny and Alicia, for us to just understand the scope of what you're doing. And um, we know it's, you're doing so much. And um, I really appreciate the work that you're doing. I guess um, I'll ask my fellow counselors if they have any questions first. I, I have a couple questions um, or thoughts, but I want to give the floor to them first. Mr. Chair? Yes, Councilor Marks. Uh, thank you. Uh, and, and it's great to hear that we have a, a coordinated effort, uh, you know, in this community. And I appreciate the work that's being done because, uh, as Alicia just mentioned, um, you know, uh, to have a, a central depository where we can refer residents or, um, you know, different uh, departments in the community know where to send someone to get the assistance, uh, I think is extremely helpful. And uh, I know it hasn't really existed for years, and I'm glad to see that uh, we have a renewed focus on that. So that's very helpful. Uh, at the last meeting, Mr. Chair, um, I mentioned uh, the fact, and I think Roberta spoke up on this when I mentioned it, uh, I was happy to see that uh, the CPA stepped up and funded the rental assistance program with ABCD. And Roberta, uh, quite frankly, stated, and I don't want to put words in her mouth, was this was probably a one-time effort by uh, the CPA funds and that, uh, you know, the city's going to need to explore other resources. And um, I think at this point, if that truly is the case, uh, and uh, in my opinion, uh, it has been a successful program to date, uh, helping um, uh, many residents um, stay within their apartments um, that we probably should make a recommendation, uh, if not this meeting, the next meeting uh, regarding uh, budgetary funding. Uh, because now, as you know, we're setting up uh, the budget or the maze in the process. And I think for us to at least be, um, you know, requesting prior to the budget, right? Uh, when, when the budget comes out, it's difficult to get something in the budget. Um, but at this particular point, uh, I'd like to hear from my colleagues and maybe, you know, other people in the community. But I, I think at this point, at least to start off with some sort of funding and see how it goes the first budget year. Um, I, I realized that pandemic, there was far greater need. But uh, being in the homeless field myself, uh, I know of much need in our community that uh, people may not be aware of. Uh, I know of areas that we do have homeless populations living along the river and so forth. And, um, you know, and most residents don't, you know, they don't see it, uh, so they don't understand it. But it's happening in the community. Um, and uh, at some point, I'd like to offer uh, a motion before this committee that we request the city administration to set aside some funds, assuming uh, that uh, uh, Roberta and her group uh, – don't plan on, um, you know, renewing the ABCD money uh, year after year, which was my impression, but I may be wrong on that. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there um, and have some thoughts on that. 
So I, I will go to Roberta. Thank you. Um, so in, in response to that, it would, it's not, ex, it's not necessarily a one-time program. So it was a one-time event that the CPC went out and solicited organizations to apply for this program because we saw an emergency need and we didn't have partners at the time who were providing these kinds of services in Bedford. Now that we've solicited the program, it would be my hope that providers will continue to come back and apply for programs like this. And having heard your comments the last time, since we're in the process of our review period right now where we're looking, we're weighing what the community needs and priorities are. I was planning to reflect in this year's um, community preservation plan update, the, the, the observation that, that we would, that we have a continued need for these kinds of programs and that we would continue to encourage organizations to apply for grants like this. Um, so we don't know yet whether the organizations that have partnered with us in the last couple of years, last couple of cycles will continue to do so, or if other organizations may come forward. The CPC, I think, will continue to prioritize housing construction over housing programs. So we don't want to use a disproportionate amount of our funds toward programs and not have enough funds left over to be able to support housing construction if we can create more affordable housing units. But there's some balance that I think we would support some of each. Right. So, so, so knowing that there's a balance, I would be fine with uh, that avenue if that's the case, because mm -hmm. I think that's probably would be the most successful avenue to be quite honest with you uh, at this particular time. But um, if it's not the case and uh, you know, we, we don't receive the funding, uh, then we're gonna be behind the eight ball because uh, getting something into the budget after the fact is gonna be extremely difficult. Um, so I, I don't know if uh, we can get a, a further commitment Maybe if you could take it back to the group. Uh, I, I understand that different providers have to apply and so forth. I understand that whole, uh, but I, I also was under the impression that uh, the funding was going to dry up from our last conversation. Now, I may have just misunderstood that, but uh, I was under the impression that this particular funding for rental assistance wasn't going to be around year after year. So, um, and indeed, if that's the case, then I, I would st still think, uh, Mr. Chair, that we should offer a recommendation from this housing subcommittee uh, because I believe the work um, uh, warrants uh, the additional funding uh, and the number of families it touches uh, in our community. So um, I'll, I'll leave that up to the committee and uh, whatever the druthers are of the committee. Yeah, I just want to quickly, I see Councillor Falkman, I'll, I'll call on you next. I want to say that I I generally agree with you. And um, I know that for CPC, their applications, it's also good to have multiple sources of funding coming to a program. So if the city was able to put in some amount, maybe that would incur, you know, that could be matched by the CPC or whatever the application were to look like. Um, but I generally would support what you just said, sending out a motion that some amount be included in the next budget, um, because I think you're right. It's a permanent need that we just saw massively expanded by the pandemic. So, Councillor Falco. Thank you, Councillor Bears. Uh, I, I also want to say, you know, it's good to see you coordinated 
effort as uh, Councilor Markson mentioned. I want to thank everyone for the hard work on this. Um, and if, you, if your motion's on the floor, Councilor Marks, I would second that in a heartbeat. I think that there should be funding in the budget, and I think we need to act sooner than later because it's budget season, and if, that, if those funds are not in the budget sooner than later, they just – like you said, once the, once we get that budget, it's almost impossible to add anything. So I think we probably do have to act sooner than later. And if, and if it's, you know, council appears, like you had mentioned, if it's a matching thing where some of it came from, you know, CPA and some was from the budget, then so be it. But um, I would definitely support, uh, you know, money in the uh, city budget without a doubt. I mean, this, I think even after COVID, you know, and hopefully we get there sooner than later, I think there's unfortunately always going to be a need and we need to make sure that, you know, we're, we're, uh, that we have funds to, to help people that need help. So thank you. So Mr. Chair? Yes, Council Marks. Just if I could, and I agree with Council Falco and I agree with your comments as well. Uh, maybe while we have Roberta uh, on the call, if she can just give us a, a quick uh, rundown of roughly, and I know she probably doesn't have the figures, but roughly how much was requested uh, for ABCD uh, in the past year, and if she knew roughly how many families um, were, uh, were involved with that. Sure, uh, Roberta, if you if you have it. Thank you. Actually, I do happen to have it. Um, so they have so far, as of the update that was given to us, um, which is about three weeks ago. 63 applications were fully completed and that amounted to $156,887 that were that were committed and then an additional four applications requesting a total of $14,000 were in progress not fully completed yet so we're looking at 170,000 for roughly 67 families. Um, and those aren't duplicates. Uh, is that correct? Is that unique? I think that there were some duplicates this round, although I'm not sure whether the um, update that they gave us, they said that there were now 10 repeat requests for financial assistance okay. from applicants who received assistance previously. So they're not exactly clear about whether those 10 are part of the 63 or whether that's in addition to, I'm, I'm not totally certain. Um, this was over a 12 month uh, span, Roberta? This was from, so the program initiated the beginning of May last year. So this is 11 months, 11 an 11 months. month span. And the other thing that I wanted to add is that they added in their update this time that the number of participating landlords that reside in Medford is 12. So that's 63 applicants, 67 applicants plus 12 landlords who are Medford residents who've been supported. So, so, Mr. Chair, based on the numbers uh, Roberta just reflected, um, and, and I think we should be conservative uh, because uh, if there is uh, additional funds within the CPC, that'll be great. But if not, as you and uh, Councilor Falcom mentioned, we should have a fallback plan. So, you know, just throwing it out there, if we were looking at roughly 170000 uh, over an 11-month span, close to 12 months, even if we were able to uh, request 50,000, 
to start the program off, see how successful it is uh, in this upcoming budget, which would reflect July 1st to June 30th of 2022. Um, I, I think to me, um, would go a long way in at least addressing some of the concerns uh, we can foresee in the community. Um, and uh, if CPC does put funding, uh, you know, we can always revert back, as you know, both counselors at the end of the fiscal year, we revert money back that's surplus in certain line items and certain accounts. So it's not like the money's, you know, going to end up going nowhere. We can revert it back to a use. So at, at this point, uh, I'd like to just put that 50000 out there and hear from my colleagues or anyone else that would like to give input as, as a starter, as, as a placeholder. Um, and then as maybe time goes on, uh, if there's a need, we can increase that coupled with the CPC money uh, if it's out there. Thank you, Councilor Marks. I see Councilor Falco, then I'll come to you, Kelly. I see your hand. Uh, thank you, Councilor Peters, and thank you, Councilor Marks. I, I would agree. I think the 50000 uh, 50, is definitely a good place to start um, and kind of, you know, see how that goes. And we can, you know, if we use it up, we can always try to increase it in, in, uh, in uh, years going forward. But I think it's not a bad start if we start off with 50000 So I would second that if that's if that's in the form of a motion, I would second that, Councilor Marks. Yeah, I just want to hear from anyone else. And yeah, I will, I will put that in the form of a motion. So. Absolutely. Thank you. Great. Um, Kelly Catalo, name and address for the record, please. Kelly Catalo, 46 Otis Street. Um, I would just like to ask you to consider to call it housing assistance, because I do believe, Danielle, ABCD can also be used for a mortgage payment, correct? Mm, no, if I may, for CPA, actually the city's yep. 50,000 could be used for mortgage assistance, but the CPA funds cannot. Um, okay. And actually, I'm not sure. The reason why the CPA funds cannot is because of the, well, it's a combination of the CPA legislation and the anti-aid agreement, the anti-aid amendment to the state constitution. And I am not sure which of those two is limiting the use of CPA funds for mortgage assistance. The RAFT program, the state's RAFT program provides mortgage assistance, but that's coming with federal funding, not state or local funding. Uh, okay. So, so I think we need to look into what you just said about CPA funding only because I just closed a condo the other day in Cambridge. They have a fantastic housing program called Homebridge, which is helping your neighbor buy something. And if they can only afford 300,000, the city's showing up with 300,000. They're deed restricting it forever. So they're buying affordable housing piece by piece. And yeah. they're making these people homeowners at what the, much cheaper than what their rent would be anyways. And they're stabilizing their housing, but they're doing it using CPA funds. That's so, a different kind of program that we can do. If we put a deed restriction on it, yes, we can use CPA funds for it. This, okay. this stabilization program is not putting a deed restriction on it. So it's not achieving the public benefit that's necessary for it to be um um, mortgage assistance. Okay. Right, to so CPA funded. Okay. So, but if we're going to put, maybe this is something for the city councilors to consider if we're going to put more money out of the city budget into 
housing assistance, considerate housing assistance, only because we have got more than 50 million people in this country that owe their mortgage company something over the past year. They haven't put their plans in place. Some people are so far over their heads. They don't have a job. They're camping out in their house. And we're going to have a mess. You know what I mean? Because if they're not going to make the phone call to the mortgage company, then how are they going to clean this up? And then maybe they make a deal with the mortgage company, but they still don't have a job. There's a lot of people that lost their jobs this year that COVID could go away, but they're still not going to have any income. So some of those people, they might need some assistance as well. So I guess if we were going to go take money out of the city budget, if we call it housing assistance, and I'm not talking about for a landlord, I'm talking about for an owner occupant. I'm talking about your neighbor that lives next door to you, that maybe COVID has been pretty bad to them and they can't pay their mortgage. If there's anything there, because that person that's paying, maybe their mortgage is $1,200. It's cheaper to help them out with that $1,200 than if they lose the house and then they come back to you for rental assistance, which would be $2,000 a month. Just something to consider. Thank you, Kelly. Um, I'm going to go to Dennis, but I would personally be fine, you know, as long as the, the legal questions are, are possible with changing it from rental assistance to housing assistance. Um, I don't want to speak for my other counselors, but I want to go to Dennis and then we can talk about that and talk about the motion on the floor. Name and address for the record, please. Dennis. Hi, uh, Dennis Detling Calto for 120 North Street in uh, Medford. Um, so I have um, three comments, uh, but they're very brief. Um, first, I, I, I noticed I heard that the funds are prioritized to go to um, construction over services. And um, I was wondering, what about uh, converting existing housing to affordable housing? I know we want to increase the amount of affordable housing. So there's lots of vacant or poorly rented not affordable housing. There's plenty of not affordable housing. And I know that they can, sometimes people can make deals with their landlords if they work with the state or the city to convert it to an affordable um, housing, sometimes with a supplement from the state or the city. Uh, one more thing. How about rent control? I know the city doesn't have the authority to bring back rent control, but we can ask the state to bring back rent control. I think it was a wonderful program and um, rentals are just out of, you know, out of, uh, out in orbit <laughs> right now in this area. And people who work in Medford can't um, always live in Medford because of that. Um, and my third comment is, um, or question, I guess, and I do like the idea of supporting people who are um, owner occupants. Um, and when I took the, my first home buyers class before we bought our, uh, our, our current home, um, they, they made it, one thing stuck with me. They made very clear. You'd only have to miss two payments to lose your house. And I said, well, but you get the equity back. And they said, no, you do not get the equity back. If you, if the house is repossessed. Uh, sometimes they allow you to do a short sale. Well, anyway, without the details, maybe all of you know that, but what, what I'm trying to say is there are a lot of people in that situation where 
maybe it was COVID or layoff or whatever happened to them, they're in over their heads with the mortgage and maybe they just need something to tide them through. So I do support what Kelly was saying as far as um, supporting people who are owner occupants, not necessarily landlords. Landlords should get their, their due. They should be able to pay their mortgages. But I'm talking about the people who really need it. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. Um, to speak to the first two items, um, and I don't want to, I might be taking words out of Roberta's mouth, but, you know, there, and Councillor Falco as well has proposed an affordable housing trust fund. CPA funds could be used, go into that, and then look at converting existing housing into affordable housing. In terms of rent control, I certainly won't speak for my colleagues on that. I have testified in favor of uh, ending the state ban on allowing local municipalities to do it. Um, and on that third piece, I think um, supporting owner occupants, um, I, I'm right there with you uh, that we don't want people losing their homes, no matter renters or homeowners because of this crisis. Um, so I think uh, that might bring us back to the motion. Um, and Councillor Marks, I, I wrote something down. I want to see if it um, works for you. Um, uh, that the we recommend that the mayor include fifty thousand dollars in the FY twenty twenty two city budget to continue emergency housing assistance program. I think emergency housing would probably cover both the rental and the uh, housing side, so that that sounds acceptable to me. Uh, I, would, I would second that. And, and and maybe if we want to take it one step further. Um, to uh, have uh, the motion refer back to the program that uh, necessarily doesn't necessarily have to be ABCD, but uh, a, a program similar to what ABCD runs, um, because uh, you know that spells out all the requirements, and they've been doing it for years. Um, so it's not like we're just throwing something on the la her, the mayor's lap. We're making a, a formal recommendation on um, you know an avenue as well. Um, and just if I could, um, because we, you know, we've been talking about rental assistance. So that's why I think uh, right away we said rental assistance, but uh, I support uh, a moratorium on foreclosures. I support uh, an eviction moratorium. So I, I support helping anyone in need. Uh, it doesn't just have to be a renter. Great. Thank you, Councillor Marks. Um, so I have the motion. Clerk, Mr. Clark, do you have the motion? Um, Mr. Chairman, no, I, I, I do not. I, got, I, got, I have some of it. I moved to the subcommittee. Council Marks moved to the subcommittee, recommended the mayor include $50,000 in the FY22 budget, and then I missed the rest of it. I lost the, I lost the connection for a second. All right. I think I, I have it here. Uh, to continue the emergency housing assistance program similar to the program uh, run by ABCD Malden. Okay. Hang on. Excellent. Okay, hang on, let me read this back. Okay, Council Marks moved that the subcommittee recommend that the mayor include $50,000 in the FY22 budget to continue the, the emergency housing assistance program similar to the program run by ABCD Malden. Yes, and Councillor Falco second. Okay, hang on a second.
I got it. Are you going to discuss or are you, are, are you ready for a vote on that? Um, is there any further discussion from my counsel, fellow counselors or members of the public? Uh, no, Mr. Clark, you can call the roll. Okay, Councilor Falco. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Chairman Bears. Yes. Three in the affirmative. Uh, motion passes. So, so thank you. So we finally reported something out. We did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had I had one more question for Alicia and, and Penny on this topic. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to have some rental assistance, which I think hopefully can help you with you know providing additional services. Um, you know, my one question was. Do you have access to the information of people who have applied to the emergency rental assistance program? Um, and is there, is there, are there any ways that we can just make sure that you can link up with that information and include it in your data tracking? And I'm happy to go with either one of you. Um, so for our data tracking purposes, we are making that one phone call, we're making the referral, we're asking them if you do not hear back, if you become ineligible, so please call us back. But I don't think it would be an issue if we kind of cross um, data with OCD and because and, we have the list of names that, that we've been working with through the IOK program. Um, so it would be easy enough to see if they received it. I do know that um, I did get positive positive feedback from that specific um, route for rental assistance. And then for other services, it was um, a, a bit difficult. But for, for the rental assistance through ABCD, I did get um, really good positive feedback. Great. And I'll go to Penny. Thanks. Yes, Alicia's totally right. We, we can, you know, I will say one thing that has been um, a highlight that is positive for this year is the working directly with um, the Office of Community Development. You know, Alicia, working with Alicia and her staff has been tremendous and I think it'll continue to grow and grow and grow as we keep working together. <laughs> so, and, and, and you know, in our hopes that we can continue to grow out this social work from the health department, I think that one thing is really critical is that we need, Alicia didn't say this originally and I wanted to say it after she spoke but she does a lot of advocating. So the agency doesn't follow through with the individual. She contacts them. She says, what's going on? These, these were submitted. And that stewardship of these social services when people are in crisis is critical to ensuring that people are getting out of the crisis. So I think that it's tremendous what, you're, what you're, you've just all thought and laid out for the city, I, I really hope that goes through. But I also want to say that people power is really critical too, and I got to put a plug in for my for my team here. So, and we'll do whatever it takes and whatever you require from us, we will do that because it's necessary. Great, thank you, Penny. Yeah, um, and I guess it sounds like there is a, a partnership there. Um, I, I would guess that everyone on all sides would be happy to share information and make sure everything everyone has what they need. And I just want to say that if you know, if there's anything that we can do um, as a committee to help facilitate that or, or advocate ourselves, I think, you know, we're advocating around this rental assistance. Um, so I, I would just put that out there that feel free to come to me and, and I can try to put something on a future agenda. But it sounds like we don't have to make any motions around that right now. Um, I want to 
ask if my fellow counselors have anything else for Alicia and Penny um, before we move to our discussion of the stability notification ordinance. All right. Thank you so much for being here. It's really great to hear what you've been doing and, and that housing has been a big part of it. So hopefully we can keep providing some resources and um, helping people. So next on our agenda is the housing 21-50053 uh, uh, housing stability notification ordinance proposal. Um, Councillor Falco introduced it uh, two months ago. <laughs> I'm not quite sure uh, at this in point January, on the time. In, Jan in January, <laughs> okay, so four months ago. Um, <laughs> actually, it might have been February. It was on there. <laughs> and we asked um, that uh, Solicitor Scanlon, at our last meeting, we asked that uh, Solicitor Scanlon review that ordinance um, and maybe look at some similar ordinances. Uh, so I was wondering if you had an update for us, Kim, on that uh, item. Yes, thank you, Mr. Chair. So I reviewed um, Cambridge, I believe it was Cambridge that was sent to me, the notification ordinance in Cambridge, which is similar, if not identical, to the ones in Somerville and Boston. Um, I'll say the obvious, those three communities also have a, uh, a, a specific department specifically geared for tenant notification that provides legal rights and whatnot um, to tenants to provide them support throughout evictions and whatnot. Medford does not. Having said that, I have reviewed um, the ordinance that I had received. I plugged in, cert, you know, uh, omitted Cambridge, plugged in Medford, that type of stuff. There, uh, And I'll send the... Uh, the committee a, a copy of my red lines um, draft. There are a few things that I just wanted to point out to you um, before I do that. And it's, it's minor changes. Um, one of them is in the definitions themselves and it's the term rental unit, um, which are, uh, were included in Cambridge zoning ordinances. I don't believe they were included in Medford yet though. So that, that, that would be one omission that I would suggest making. Um, that again is also discussed in the section titled applicability that short-term rentals are set forth in the city of Cambridge zoning ordinance. Again, um, they're not included in Medford as of yet. And um, in terms of the required notice um, section, the, um, the way they, the Cambridge, some of the land Boston ordinances read that the, um, including a list of organizations of bill, I'm paraphrasing here, to assist tenants and or former homeowners with their contact information on a form of forms prepared by the city of Cambridge. Um, I guess my question is, and this could be discussed with the committee, is um, who from the city of Medford would be preparing those forms? Because as I stated earlier, we don't have a housing stability department per se. Um, so it, I guess it's just, you know, a little clarification that would be required before I can draft a, a final version, along with um, the non-criminal disposition and criminal pen penalty, the enforcement section. Um, the Cambridge ordinance lists the Commission of Inspectional Services that will be the enforcing officer. So here um, in Medford, I wasn't sure if that would translate to code enforcement or again, who, who would be enforcing this. So those are the only suggestions that I would have. And again, I can, I am happy to send it to the committee to discuss. Mr. Chair, I, I move that if the uh, city solicitor can send us her red line version and that we meet uh, again to discuss uh, uh, that and uh, potentially some of the questions the city solicitor just mentioned. 
I second the motion. Hang on. All right. Um, okay, I'll wait for you, Mr. Clerk. While we're waiting for the clerk, Mr. Chair, uh, Kim did mention uh, a zoning change. And while we're in the process right now working with a zoning consultant, uh, would it be uh, wise to maybe take that language now, uh, take a look at it quickly and uh, see if that's something we want to vote out? Um, I, I think we're going to be wrapping up our zoning discussions, uh, from my understanding, within the next month to a month and a half. So uh, if that's something that we're interested in, we probably should add that to uh, our zoning discussions. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, Kim, did you say that the issue is that our current zoning doesn't define short-term rental units or was it rental units in general? Well, the city of Metro doesn't have a short-term rental ordinance currently in effect. So therefore, I, I don't believe that the ordinances would currently define a short-term rental because the ordinance hasn't been included. But I can right. check. Mr. Chairman, I have, I, have a, I have a motion drafted, but I just want to make sure I read it back and get it correctly and capture everything. Sure. Council Marks moved to have the city solicitor send the document to the committee and that the committee meet again to address issues raised in the red line document. I have a second from Councilor Falco. Yes, we lost you right after raised. Could you, could you repeat that? Sorry. Sure. Council Marks moved to have the city solicitor send the document to the committee and that the committee meet again to address issues raised in the red line document. And I have a second from Councilor Falco. Does that sound right to you? Good. Um, and sorry, before we vote, I just saw Kelly Catalo. I just have a quick question. Um, Kim, isn't this just the form that the landlord would fill out and give to the tenant? So if they're going to evict them or something, they just have to tell them what their rights are, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. So the city of Boston, the city of Cambridge, the, the, the onus is on the landlord to provide that. So we just download them off of the website. Like if they call, we tell them to go download it off the website. Is there so a draft letter, Kelly? Is there a what? A draft letter that I can find online. I, I, I will, I'll get you the link. So the other thing is both Boston and Cambridge sent mm -hmm. their link to the Greater Boston Real Estate Board and they have a whole page up for the realtors and then they notify the realtors to make sure that they're following it. And I think Everett also has something. Everett has a couple of things going on over there. So again, the onus is on the owner. If you wanna be a property owner, you need to follow the rules, you know? And we just download them right off their websites. I'll send it to you. Thank you. Can you? Zach, I don't know who you want me to send to. Okay. You can feel free to skip the middleman. You can go right to Kim. Okay. <laughs> oh no, you can you can include council of peers, please, Kelly. <laughs> want me to email it to nowhere? <laughs> yes. Feel free to. I'm happy to be cc'd on it. Um, that's totally fine. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Of course. Thank you, Kim. Um, I will follow up with you about a, a future meeting. More meetings. Very good. <laughs> um, so we do have a motion on the floor. Uh, from Councillor Mark, seconded by Councillor Falco. Um, Mr. Clerk, could you please call the roll? Sure. Uh, Councillor Falco? Yes. Councillor Marks? Yes. Chairman Bears? Yes. All right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, I did also want to mention um, we do have paper 21-070, which is around uh, health and safety inspections. Um, that's still in committee hoping to schedule a future meeting with uh, sanitarians and building inspectors around that paper as well. Um, 
So there's still some items ahead of us to deal with, but I, I'm, I agree with Councillor Marks. I'm very glad that we, we reported something out today. Okay. Any uh, further discussion or items, um, or is there a motion on the floor? Motion to report out those two uh, motions, uh, Mr. President, and uh, then a motion to adjourn. Great. Second. Mr. Clerk, when you're ready, you may call the roll. Thank you. To report out the motions and to adjourn, uh, and with a second from Council Falco. Yes. Okay. Would you like me to call the roll? Yes, please, Mr. Clerk. Council Falco. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Chairman Bears. Yes. All right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we'll see some of you at our next meeting in two minutes for the Mr. Public Works Subcommittee. Mr. Chairman, I'm going to need approximately five minutes between meetings. I apologize. Right. We will see you in five to ten minutes. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.